When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. Moving into hour number two of the program. Great to have you with us on a football-filled Labor Day. We move quickly, but we'll always carve out time for interaction. The phone number, 1-844-204-RICH, 1-844-204-7424. Hit me up on Twitter, BW Weber, Weber with two Bs. Just one guest per hour, and we're going to kick off this second hour of the program talking college football with a good friend. It is Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Pete, I appreciate you taking the time. How are you fully immersed in college football on this Labor Day weekend? Hey, it's not bad. Look, we for all the bad games that littered throughout the 80-something we get, the big ones are pretty good. This is about as much fun as the first weekend can possibly be. So kind of hard to complain uh, with what's happened so far. But you know I'll find a way to complain. No, no, no. I'm going to be upbeat, and I wrote down a note to myself. Note to oh, self. Hey, okay, well, let's start. Let's start. Where, where's, the, where's the Brian with two, whoever with two B's complaints? I wrote, a, a don't waste weekend. 10 minutes on consolidation and playoff talk with Pete. But I have to start with the playoff because they made the <laughs> announcement on Friday. So 12 teams as soon as 2024, if they get the logistics straight, no later than 2026. Pete, more football is a good thing. But here's the cynic in me. When we go to 12 and you have the six at-large birds available, are we looking at five teams from the SEC or three from the SEC and three from the Big Ten? Yeah, maybe. But yeah. not just more football. How about more meaningful football? Put it, put it that way. Because as much as I love college football, it's the worst postseason of all the major American sports. In part it's because the it's the best regular that, season, Pete. You can't have it both ways. Well, well, but they have the exhibition season at the end. Instead of the preseason coming at the beginning, they do it at the, the finish, and then they have the little mini tournament. Now you have more meaningful games. Where it, here's where I kind of disagree. First of all, this is not going to be like the NCAA tournament, where if you can just walk and dribble, you get into this thing. It's going to be harder than you think to be one of those 12 teams because, first of all, you're taking away six of the conference champions. So, like this year and going forward, some of the big takeaways from the weekend, you still got to throw the group of five a cookie, even though there's probably nobody there who's worthy of the top 12. 
but they're going to get one of those teams in. And then, look, you know, the conference, the regular season is even more meaningful because if you get to the conference championship game and you win it, you're in it, most likely. So, like, that makes, like, for example, you know, the, if you're any Big 12 team or ACC team and you can just get there and pull it off, you're probably going to get into the tournament. So that just makes every conference game that much bigger. And, again, it's hard to get in. It's going to be hard to be one of those at-large teams that makes it in this thing. And, I, and you know how the college football playoff committee rolls. They're not going to take a 7-5 and five SEC team, even though it's probably going to be better than some 10-2 and two Big 12 team. I don't know. You want, you want to have a friendly wager? We find a lot more Notre Dame for the TV ratings moving forward, and we'll talk about Notre Dame and Ohio State coming up. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen, taking you across everything going on in college football with more games going on today with Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com. Pete, one more footnote to playoff expansion. To me, the most interesting game in the regular season last year heading in was Ohio State-Michigan because of the stakes. Well, under the current format, both teams would be in. So doesn't that diminish, doesn't that alter what we were talking about during game week heading into Ohio State and Michigan moving forward? Come on, Brian Weber. You're a professional. You, you know, you, if you know anything about how this works, it doesn't matter if they're playing checkers. It no, I get it. Ohio State's gone crazy now. Ohio State's out of its mind all offseason that Michigan got them last year. I'm not a, I, I always think rivalries are sort of overrated in the grand scheme of things. But I get what you're saying. Right, because like, they'd be oh, playing for seeding. That's all that would be on the line because both teams knew under the 12-team format, they would know going into the game they're in the playoff. Well, here's the, let me flip this a different way. Here's the big problem that has to be remedied. And I get what you're saying. And if they were to do this in a way where uh, that you have to play your way in, t- take the college football current model of a panel of judges deciding on who gets in and apply that to any other sport. Can you picture saying, hey, NFL, you know what? A panel of 12 people are going to sit there in a room and say, you know what? We think this year uh, Green Bay, Kansas City, uh, Tampa Bay and uh, whatever we're going to get into the, the NFL 14 playoff. We're going to kind of just leave out everyone else. There's, it, it wouldn't fly. It just doesn't make sense. There's got to be a mechanism where you can win your way into the playoff. And right now, as we're sitting here talking on a, a lovely Labor Day, we pretty much know that about 110 teams are all but eliminated right now. And they haven't even really started yet. No matter what they do, they're, they're not going to get into the college football playoff and have any shot at winning the national championship. So, yes, okay, so maybe you're going to get a couple rematches. You might get a couple teams that get in, and it might diminish some of the stakes. But, again, right, right now, for example, if we were to you know, play this out, if you project it, like Oregon would be out. You know, you're talking about a top-10 caliber team that would probably project to be out. It's really going to be harder than I think people realize that you're only going to get like 9% of the teams getting in to the college football playoff, where you get like, you know, something like 20 something percent of the NCAA tournament and pretty much half of anybody in the NBA and the NFL. It's just not going to diminish the entirety of the regular season. On the flip side, it's going to make it even bigger because, again, think about how big the Big 12 championship would have been last year had that goal line stand by Baylor been to get into the college football playoff, or people would actually watch the ACC championship. And actually, your beloved Pac-12, 
would finally get a team into the college football playoff again after a long time, a little bit of a drought here. Okay. I appreciate your opinion. You've worn me down to a degree. Also, nothing's going to change, and we know it's going to 16 soon, so I just have to accept changing times. PFUTechCollegeFootballNews.com. I'm Brian Whipper in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show. I've managed the clock properly. We just did five minutes on the playoff. Now let's do five minutes on actual games. So it was entertaining. It was weird. It came down to a blocked extra point because we're talking about college football. So Brian Kelly got all that money to go to LSU. Pete, as we think about the twisted turns last night between LSU and Florida State, did Kelly not spend any of that dough on a special teams coordinator? What was going on last night? That was the dumbest game ever. Um, (laughs) Maybe not. Look, I I do love how Twitter – the guy was like literally three-quarters into his era, and he was already fired by Twitter. (laughs) Um, So it's not going to – there's a reason he's taking over. LSU needs a little bit of a redo here, but you're right. He made some big mistakes last night, including kicking the extra point. Look, in the new era of college football, with the way the uh, overtime rules work, you're probably going to have to go for two at some point anyway. So when you're rolling like that, you got one shot to win the game on a two, and your kicking game already flubbed it earlier, what are you doing? Go for the two, go for the win, get out of there. Um, so that was obviously a mistake. And just the team just it looked like, like it wasn't ready yet. This is why I've said for years and years and years and years, week zero should be all FBS versus FCS teams. It should be treated like a preseason. That looked like an LSU team that needed to kind of work the kinks out. He kind of could have used a game against, uh, you know, Central Cream Puff State or something like that just to kind of get everything going. And they just did not look sharp, and they still almost pulled that game out. The LSU is LSU. It'll eventually be okay, but that was a tough start for Brian Kelly. And then the, the crazy part, you're listening to Notre Dame Nation on social media they, didn't, they weren't all that sympathetic to poor Brian Kelly and his uh, problems yesterday. No, well, we discovered he had a Southern accent, but he lost it again last night. I don't know why it drifts in, drifts out. I guess it depends on the press conference. P. Futek, collegefootballnews.com, is our guest here on the Rich Eisen Show. No moral victories, but what do you think Notre Dame takes away from the fact they weren't blown out at Ohio State as 17-point underdogs? Oh, yeah, it was a good performance. They could have opened it up a little bit more, but the Ohio State defense came out breathing fire, yeah. and they still hung around in that game. The defense was great, and if you look at Notre Dame, I mean, that was you know, technically the fifth-best team in the country, according to the polls. That's a good team. They're on scholarship, too. They, they played all right. So now, if you're looking ahead, they showed that you're right. That was a, a bit of a moral victory because look at what the rest of their schedule looks like. They get Clemson at home, and they have to deal with USC. And they got BYU in Vegas, right? I mean, that matters a little bit. That's that's dangerous. Yeah, it does. That's a dangerous game, too. So, if you look at their schedule, if they can play like that, it's still there. They can still run the table and get into the college football playoff. That was not the annihilation, like, in Oregon. Like, if Oregon runs the table, they're still going to be like, yeah, you remember that, though, and they couldn't even show up against Georgia. Notre Dame played well enough where if they run the table, they can still get in it. Uh, it was just a good game against a great team. It's probably going to end up in the college football playoff. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. We are chatting with Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com. Pete, I thought it would have been phenomenal if Scott Frost had opened the game on Saturday with an onside kick. <laughs> with an onside kick? Right, except I, I as you, the same thing. Well, well, they, they messed up it, a squib yeah. kick, though, against North Dakota. So they have their own issues. 
How much does Scott Frost need to hang with Oklahoma when that's coming up in a few weeks? Because by now we all know his buyout is reduced by 50% when we get to October. They couldn't be. They struggled to get by North Dakota. I understand. So I said hang with it. Make it a competitive game. I didn't say beat the Sooners. yeah, they've got to beat the. They've got to win one of these things. They have to actually. I'd like to start by winning more games. That would help. And that's yes. just not. They don't have the talent, and that's the biggest overall issue that really stood out against Northwestern, is they don't have the guys. After all this time, it was like, okay, well, the Brad, you know, Frost is going to bring in his his guys. He's going to make this offense fly like it was great at UCF, and the defense will rise up from there. And they just don't have the players and. That's been evident. They don't have the talent level to, to really make a whole lot of noise in the Big Ten West and forget about what's going to happen against Oklahoma. Finally, I know you are very excited to go to 12 teams, but we still have the four-team format for the next couple of years. Last time I chatted with you, I said, give me a team beyond the usual suspects, a la Cincinnati, that could make it interesting to get in the college football playoff. You gave me USC. I'm taking that off the board. Give me somebody a yeah. bit more exotic who could make things interesting in November. Does Michigan count at this point? No. Um, look, <laughs> I need Boise State, well, well, but they look horrible against Oregon State. I need a team that's a step a, down. And that there isn't one. Okay. There isn't one. And he, look at what happened. Look at the group of five teams went one and twenty-five mm. against Power Five programs. Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. That was it. Cincinnati lost. East Carolina. Well, Appalachian State kids. made it very interesting State. against North Carolina, they, right? That was a phenomenal. They did, and they, lo- and they lost. So we're not going to have that narrative this year. Unless UCF just rips through everyone. I think BYU could be that. They're good enough, but they're not going to go undefeated. There's just not going to be that team this year because the, ta- the transfer portal has made the group of five programs a lot poorer because they're not getting the same transfers. That's a power five. The group of five programs usually get the cast-offs and the guys who were the twos and threes on the power fives. Where the power fives, based on the top, are able to cherry-pick and take the best of the best from other teams. So all of a sudden, you've got the talent disparity has changed. So I, I know there's just it's – just, it's, here's why the expanding college football playoff is necessary. There's just nothing there. It's Alabama. It's Georgia. I think we're going to see something special out of Clemson tonight. It's Ohio State. I, I, I'm still giving it a USC. I'm still a fanboy on this team that's going to rise up. And Michigan looks great to start. So there's just not going to be that crazy outlier this year that we normally get. Pete, as always, I value the information. As we say goodbye, you threw it out rhetorically, but I can't let that notion just linger. You said, give me another sport that relies on the judges, Pete. I'm a play-by-play announcer of gymnastics. I believe in the judges. They do a phenomenal job. You're talking. I have any sports <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that with me. Can I just yeah, let you know, gymnastics paid, gets Weber. a better rating than you can imagine. Gymnastics outrates some college football games. I'm just going to leave it there, okay? Well, yeah, like Kennesaw State versus Sam Houston. Or I'm something. just letting you know like there's always know, the exception that proves the rule. Okay, tough guy? Always- there's always there, there's always their moments. Hey, right. look, if I, Jim, I'm not dogging. They're they're serious athletes, man. I'm not dogging gymnastics at all. All right. Well, I also get paid to do it, so it's not just a hobby. Pete, thanks for very much. Hey, are you doing some radio? I follow you on Twitter. If you ever need a guest, you've come on my show about a billion times. I'm happy to return the favor. 
Be careful what you ask <laughs> for. I, just, I will be, be in touch, I Pete. Be, be in touch, okay? Be bothering you on this. Thank you, Pete. Get Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. If you're new to this program, where you've been, it's the Rich Eisen Show. It is the best in our industry. Nobody combines sports and entertainment better than Rich. And the good news is, Rich is back tomorrow with the crew, Brock Vendel, Tufo, and TJ Jefferson. I'm Brian Weber. If you've not heard me over the years, I'm sure you're like, oh, man, this guy is a blowhard. But one of the good news that is connected, one of the pieces of good news, we're all looking for good news, that is connected with being a veteran is you build relationships. Pete and I have been doing that dance on the radio for the better part of a decade. That ends the college football portion of this hour. I will circle back to college football in the final hour of the program, but the rest of the way, it's NFL uninterrupted. Coming up one hour from now, we'll incorporate our third and final guest. We take you across the National Football League with Eric Edom of NFL.com. Straight ahead, back to pro football. This summer has continued Aaron Rodgers' magical mystery tour. So, will he have the proper mindset? Will he get in touch with his inner chi and win a third consecutive MVP award? I think far more importantly, based on legacy, and that's what Rodgers is playing for now, one Super Bowl ring is sufficient. You get in the conversation among the all-time greats. But if you want to be an immortal, if you want to be on that short list, I'm not doing Mount Rushmore radio because it's so tedious, but... If you want to be in the conversation among the best quarterbacks of all time, and nobody's going to touch Brady as the GOAT, but if you want to be on that next tier, you got to win a second Super Bowl. I'll give you the outlook from Green Bay coming up. First, when you become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, life gets better. One big thing that gets better, buying a car. See, Navy Federal created a fully loaded car buying experience where you can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place. They offer great auto loan rates, too, and your pre-approval is good for 90 days so you know what you can afford while you shop. You can even shop for new and used cars with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar. Also, you can get exclusive member savings with Carfax, Sirius XM, and more. And because it's Navy Federal, they're always available with 24-7 member service representatives to answer any questions. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash carbuying. That's NavyFederal.org slash carbuying. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen on this Labor Day. It's the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly. Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. I'm Brian Weber, delighted to be in for Rich Eisen on this Labor Day edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Hop aboard at 1-844-204-RICH. That's 1-844-204-7424. Checking out your tweets. I appreciate everything positive. I understand there'll be some negativity swirling throughout social media. It is B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs as the Twitter handle. Straight ahead, we're talking Aaron Rodgers in 20 minutes. It's my favorite exercise. Labor Day every year. Even when I'm not on the radio, I'll sit down because I have no life and I love football that much. And I'll map out in my head who's going to have the biggest reversal. Who's going to have the most major turnaround? Who's going to go from worst to first to win their division? I'm not going to be methodical and go through every division. Nor am I going to play the schedule game and go, All right, we got Kansas City minus four and a half at Arizona, although that's interesting for many reasons, especially to get a sense of where Kyler Murray is to start the year. That's a very prickly situation. It would appear in the Valley of the Sun. We still don't know who leaked the existence of the so-called homework clause in the contract. We don't know why Arizona was motivated to do it, other than they have real concerns about the preparation of Kyler Murray, isn't it kind of funky that Cliff Kinsbury has allowed Murray in the preseason, in fact, not allowed, asked him to, I won't say demanded, you don't demand anything of a franchise quarterback, but had Murray calling plays in scrimmages and being on the headset in preseason games, quote-unquote, just so he would know what it's like and effectively saying, so he would know what I'm going through. We're talking Aaron Rodgers coming up. Brief footnote, because we're here on a Monday, and we can reach back all the way to Friday with a long holiday weekend on the U.S. Open. I realize many of you do not care about tennis. I'm very fortunate to work for Tennis Channel for 19 years. Normally, I'm in New York, not this year. 
prefer to be here. Always great to be in for Rich and the guys. But the Serena Williams conversation, I don't think it's been framed accurately. You heard a lot, and this is going to get bogged down in minutia, so let me do it quickly. Serena needed one more Grand Slam to tie Margaret Court to 24 for the record. Folks, if you don't follow tennis, you cannot compare what was going on in the mid-1960s to what Serena has done in the quote-unquote modern era. And if you just want to go through the particulars of tennis history, the open era came around in 1968 when there was no longer the fake distinction between pros and amateurs with the money being paid under the table. Serena already had the record of 23 slams. We should be talking more about the tenacity of her opponent, Nyla Tomjanovic, come back from that four-love deficit to win in the second set, overcoming 24,000 passionate fans in the biggest tennis stadium in the world. Serena already has the modern record. Beyond that, you can make the argument she's one of a handful of athletes that belong on that list of the most important figures in sports over the last 50 years. That's how much she transformed the sport I love. If you're watching right now, you really have to care about men's tennis because it's Andre Rublev trying to complete a sweep of Cam Nuri. Although, if you know anything about British tennis, Nuri's now the British number one. And women's tennis in the United States is in good shape. Even with Serena walking away, it would appear, if you listen closely, she left a little bit of wiggle room if she wants to change her mind. But, for example, right now you got Jessica Bagula, and I'll tie it to the NFL. Her parents own the Buffalo Bills. She's the eighth seed in the round of 16. And how about Coco Goff? Just plays with so much poise as a teenager, already getting to the finals of the French Open. Roland Garros, as we say in the tennis world, earlier this year. Nice win yesterday. and She'll have that crowd on her side the rest of the way in New York City. I did two minutes of tennis, hinging on Serena, so I don't think I'm going to have my key card revoked prior to the last hour of the program. Let me make sure we restore order by getting back to the NFL. So as Aaron Rodgers has moved forward in his career, with this disclaimer, prior to the way he framed his perspective on COVID vaccination. I'm not getting into politics, nor am I getting into your views on vaccination status. This is a sports show. I understand my job, especially as a fill-in host. But as somebody who respected and admired Rodgers as a football player as much as anybody in our industry, going back to my time at NFL Network, I've made the argument this way. Yes, Tom Brady is the most accomplished quarterback of all time. You can't parse all those rings. And we're going to talk about where Brady is, getting ready to take on the Cowboys coming up in that marquee matchup on Sunday to kick off the final hour of the program. We'll line up Brady heading into this year versus Belichick heading into this season with all of the strange decisions that Belichick has made on his coaching staff, most notably the offensive side of the football, coming up in 30 minutes to start the last hour of the program. But if Brady is the GOAT, clearly, with all those rings, I made the consistent Argument that Aaron Rodgers was the most skilled quarterback I had seen, and I'm old enough to remember John Elway with his unique skill set. Where Rodgers lost me was the semantics game with the vaccination versus immunized. Just trying to be too clever, and I would have appreciated transparency. Well, now apparently, after 
deciding that he was going to use Pat McAfee as his mouthpiece, and that's a great decision. I admire what Pat has done tremendously from a business perspective as a recovering wrestling fan. But I stopped watching in 1992, but give it all the nostalgia of professional wrestling podcast, I can tell you who won the Great American Bash for the old NWA in 1985. McAfee is working extremely hard. He's doing wrestling on Friday nights. But remember last year when Rogers finally decided to put aside the notion that he wanted out of Green Bay and then became, especially in the wake of the COVID situation, very guarded, very selective with his choice of words in general press settings and then would go on the McAfee show and be expansive like he was some storyteller like Ken Kesey back in 1968 jumping on the electric Kool-Aid bus. Well, I think it's been a real different Aaron Rodgers this year, and I don't know if he's having a midlife crisis at the age of 38 or he's more in touch with himself, but something seems different about Rodgers, at least from a standpoint of the media perspective, because he's been open and showing up with that tattoo, and I'm old enough to remember, as my grandfather told me when he had the tattoo from his time in the Navy in World War II, that he'd show me his shoulder and said, you want to look like this when you're my age? Don't get a tattoo. Now everyone has tattoos. I realize I'm fully out of touch and being judgmental here. But for Rogers, I don't think the tattoo was a non-story because it speaks to this, apparently, journey of self-exploration he's been going on. So we spent time, especially during the lean weeks prior to the start of NFL training camps. And I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. Happy to have you with us on this Labor Day. We're live. I can prove that by taking a phone call at one 844 rich You can. Keep it going on Twitter, Weber Weber with two Bs. Final hour of the program, we take you across the NFL with Eric Edom of NFL.com. But when Rodgers had the tattoo unveiled and we're breaking down what the symbols mean with lions on the prowl and that lurking eye, and is he trying to tell us that he knows who the Zodiac Killer is or he solved the Da Vinci Code? There was a lot going on, and that got even weirder when he was talking about that magic tea he was taking, psychedelic man. He's been talking a lot about love as well. Well, let me be a cynic. Know what Aaron Rodgers loves? How about money? Because I remember last summer, prior to the start of the regular season, and all of the hand-wringing and all of the histrionics about what does the future hold for Aaron Rodgers, you know what that turned out to be? A shakedown to get more dough. Because magically, all of those questions were solved by cutting him a giant check. Now, clearly he's worth it because the pay scale for quarterbacks always goes up. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Remember, Jackson and his mother have not hired an agent going back to his college days, coming out of Louisville. And that was fair because we have a effective rookie pay scale. But as Jason Cole. NFL Insider joined us wrapping up the last hour of the program, pointed out the nuances of an NFL frontline quarterback's contract are so intricate. At this stage, 
Jackson might be well-served to have somebody come in there, finish up the deal, also get the emotions removed from the negotiation. That's why you never want to negotiate with your boss, because even if you get what you want, don't you think they're going to remember that? You have to do business with that person moving forward. But for Rodgers, last year, well, he went from the projection of making $26 million to $46 million this year. Mystery solved. So what about the immediate future? Because every season that's played, and I'll say it because it's relevant, although Tom Brady has changed everything with his amazing longevity. Aaron Rodgers is 38. He has said, I'm not going to be Tom Brady 2.0. I'm not going to be hanging around in my early 40s. Now, you throw him another $46 million every year, that mindset may change. But has it crossed your mind beyond all the brilliance and winning back-to-back MVPs, deservedly so, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played in the Super Bowl since 2011, his only appearance. And back to my central point, I'm a big Rodgers fan. But I can't make a legacy argument because that's where he is right now. It's about shaping how history remembers him as a player. The COVID drama will be a minor, if, if at all reported, but a very minor line on that football synopsis. But for Rodgers to validate his standing, especially now in this era of outstanding young quarterbacks with Mahomes, and we'll see Josh Allen when the Bills take on the Rams in the season opener on Thursday, and Justin Herbert here in Southern California already getting MVP buzz. I could continue. But given where he is in the career arc and how long it's been since Aaron Rodgers even played in the Super Bowl, doesn't he need a breakthrough season from the Packers to solidify his standing all time? And again, I'm not doing Mount Rushmore's. But if your goal, having achieved everything individually and having won a singer, single Super Bowl, is to enhance how you remembered moving forward, I think this is a monumentally important season for Rodgers. And it becomes all the more complicated because... As I'm sure you know, Devontae Adams took his talents to Las Vegas, and now he's talking about his good friend going back to college when they played together at Fresno State, and Derek Carr also being a Hall of Famer. And I'm in a good mood. I'll just let that one lay there and keep on moving. But if you buy what the Packers are selling, and it's football 101, there's no way we can somehow come up with one person to fill the void created by the absence of Devontae Adams. Okay, we've heard that for years. I don't buy this collection at all because the math doesn't add up. So, and let's not overlook the fact, in addition to Devontae Adams, one of the top three wide receivers in all of football, the Pack also lost Marcus Valdez-Scantling to the Chiefs. So you have their best playmaker, and their number three receiver gone, still having Aaron Rodgers. But since we're going to talk a little bit about Gisela Bunchen and Tom Brady to start the final hour of the program, remember when Brady lost to Eli Manning and the Giants the second time, that video that went viral of Bunchen in the hallways leaving the Super Bowl, and I won't do a bad Brazilian accent because I'm not Danny Terrio. I'm not Danny Terrio? Who do I want to be there? I want to be Rich Little. 
I'm going old school impressionist. What happened to impressionists? Danny Terrio hosted Solid Gold, of course. Fred Travelina was the name I was thinking of. Another contemporary reference. What happened to impersonators? We don't have people. Danny Gans in Vegas. There was a Danny I was groping for. It's a short list. The answer is because we don't have truly famous people anymore. Undeniably, Tom Brady is reminding us that star power is all the more impressive now in a world in which everybody thinks they're famous because they get on TikTok. Just consider the evolution of movies. Tom Cruise is the last movie star. Is anyone doing a Tom Cruise impression? But I've got a little lost here in my Danny Gans reference. Used to be on every cab in Vegas. But if you come up with the blueprint for the Packers this year, can I sell you on the great Sammy Watkins? Because he's on your depth chart. Sammy Watkins, as you know, if you play fantasy football or just pay attention, is made of glass. Playing for his fifth team under the age of 32. Speaking of 32, that's how old Randall Cobb is now. Packers let him go a few years ago. He bounced around the league playing for the Cowboys and the Texans. He's back in Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers says so. How about the future Hall of Famer, Alan Lazard? He caught 40, 40 passes last year. 4-0, I'll reiterate it. So I'm not here bashing Rodgers just to be a provocative fill-in host. But I think there are real reasons to wonder about just how productive that offense is going to be, knowing they can hand it off to Aaron Jones. And I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Packers on Sunday in Minnesota, how much is new head coach Kevin O'Connell, part of the Sean McVay coaching tree, really going to matter in the progression, if it happens at all, for Kirk Cousins. And more to the point, as we wrap it up, remember last year the Packers got abused by Jameis Winston and the Saints, and that game was played in Jacksonville because of a hurricane situation. Even if the Packers lose, I think they'll be just fine, but it certainly will not do anything to diminish all the speculation about does Rodgers have enough weapons around him, but I think he's going anywhere based on how that contract was structured. I'm Brian Weber. I'm not going anywhere for the next hour and 20 minutes unless I try to talk more impersonators from day gone by. 1-844-204-RICH, the number to call. Hit me up on Twitter, BW Weber. Weber with two Bs. Straight ahead, more NFL. It's a tradition unlike any other. Who's going to go from worst to first to win their division? That's coming up on this Labor Day edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I'm Brian Weber. It's always an honor and a delight to be in the chair, normally occupied by Rich Eisen on The Rich Eisen Show. The phone number is 1-844-204-RICH. That's 1-844-204-7424. Even if you don't want to lob me a call today, keep the number handy because Rich is highly interactive. He'll take your phone call when he is back tomorrow with the crew. One of the reasons I enjoy Listening to the program so much and watching it as it makes its move now to Roku. Of course, you can always catch it on YouTube as well. Is the camaraderie. We talk fellowship with the fellows, Brockman, Del Tufo, and TJ Jefferson. As we close in on the final hour of the program, just one more guest along the way. Coming up at 2.20 Eastern time, we take you across the NFL. In addition to everything, I've been doing my best to be comprehensive about when we're joined by Eric Edom of NFL.com. I'm also going to get to just a little bit of baseball, just a smidge tiny with more NFL coming up in 30 seconds. Do not feel like you're going through withdrawals, but it is Labor Day, a significant day throughout baseball history. You got Aaron Judge now sitting on 53 home runs after going deep again yesterday. Does anybody outside the New York tri-state area care? And maybe this is my bias having grown up 25 minutes away from Yankee Stadium, having gone to high school 15 minutes away from the big ball orchard in the South Bronx, as the great Arthur George Russ Jr. used to say on WABC, not WNBC. Aaron Judge is Paul Bunyan. He's literally bigger than life, and he plays for the freaking Yankees. All due respect, this is not somebody with 53 home runs on the Kansas City Royals, and nobody cares. And I understand why. It's because baseball has been crowded out by football. And I'm going to follow that logic by heading back to the NFL. So it happens just about every year, and I open the program with the notion of hope. Hope is a good thing. As I quote, Shawshank Redemption, I bet Shawshank is on somewhere right now. There is a Shawshank, and I just love saying Shawshank, as someone who over-enunciates, Shawshank rule in my one-bedroom apartment. I don't care where the movie's at. If I come across it, I watch it the rest of the way. Get busy living or get busy dying. But the NFL is king, not only because of gambling, because of hope. And that's backed up by the fact that since 2002, and I've been doing radio since 2002, longer than that, 
There have only been two seasons in which a team has not gone from worst to first. So, as mentioned, I'm trying to keep things moving rapidly. I'm trying to be interactive. I don't want to be more repetitive as a solo host, droning on and on. I'm not going division by division, but we can quickly, rapidly eliminate some teams. So if you think about the AFC East, I know that Rich talks about the Jets. It's his program. He'll be back tomorrow. I'm not wasting your time on gangrene. Joe Flacco is going to start that game on Sunday against the Ravens. Zach Wilson, apparently a hit with members of the opposite sex who collect Social Security, but he just can't stay healthy. How about your Jacksonville Jaguars? Nobody has spent more dough over the last eight years in the NFL in free agency than the Jags. And what do you have to show for it? Rock bottom, rock bottom. They can't be worse than last year because Urban Meyer has left the facility, presumably spending quality time with co-heads. Well, that was just something I read on the old Twitter machine. But Doug Peterson will certainly be an upgrade. And if we get serious for a second, it does feel like this is a significant year for Trevor Lawrence because as I'm going to talk more college football in the last hour of the program, just go back to the early stages of what he was doing at a remarkable rate in college. We had him going to the Hall of Fame. Well, last year he looked like a shadow himself, but I'm going to give that whole franchise a mulligan because of what Herb did to that entire team. Never should have gotten the job. How about... Baker Mayfield's reinvention. Panthers finished last in the FC South. They're going to go all the way from the bottom to the top. No, because Tom Brady's still winning that division, although it's tremendous. Funny how this always works out well for the NFL. Now, when the schedule was released, Jets versus Ravens, that was not supposed to be Joe Flacco, but because of the injuries, there's Flacco against his old team, and Carolina against Cleveland has Baker Mayfield. Highly motivated against his old team. NFC West, Seattle led by Geno Smith, enough said. NFC North, I know you're out there because you're watching Hard Knocks and you are blowing up social media. You believe in the Lions. I get the persuasive leadership of Dan Campbell, who should be a professional wrestler brother, but Jared Goff is just a guy. It's a testament to Sean McVay, that the Rams made a Super Bowl with Goff, and I'll just do it because I enjoy rattling through this exercise. Lions haven't won a championship since 1957, haven't won the division since 1993, haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Aaron Rodgers is going to win that division again. NFC East, if I was a hack, I could spend the last hour of the program going through all of the negativity we have seen in that division Over the years, I probably should talk more Cowboys if I want to come back because we know that America's team, quote-unquote, always moves the needle. No team has won the wretched NFC East in consecutive years since 2004. Nobody wants to win that division. It's not going to be Daniel Jones I don't care how much of a quarterback whisperer Brian Dayball is. If I hear one more time that Brian Dayball coached up Josh Allen, he'll do likewise to Daniel Jones. I'm going to throw my remote control through my TV. I know every show is looking for content and fodder, but that's one of the weakest takes I've ever seen. I could sell you Russell Wilson because clearly it's going to be an upgrade over Drew Locke 
and every other issue Denver's had under center since Peyton Manning. I go back to Jake Plummer if you want me to. But I said worst to first to win the division. As much as Russ is going to upgrade Denver in a variety of ways, Kansas City's still winning the division. So before I make this even more tedious, let me just give you the payoff. And I'm cheating a bit because the Ravens only finished two games out of first place in that division, the AFC North. But to keep this tradition going, because I'm fascinated by it every year, it's Baltimore going to rise up and win that division. And just think about the injuries that Lamar Jackson sustained last year with all the ambiguity surrounding his contract situation with his own self-imposed deadline saying he wants this deal done prior to the start of week one. Well, it's week one. I guess if you want to get into semantics, they can push it all the way to Sunday, but Lamar Jackson is fully immersed, presumably, in game prep. That situation has gotten more convoluted than need be. And it's not just Lamar Jackson, obviously. You think about how good that defense is and what Mark Andrews does as a playmaker. They have to make sure that the running back position doesn't get as beat up as last year. But since I'm going with Baltimore, I will give you some pushback on Cincinnati. And I just want to see more. And Joe Burrow was phenomenal. But we see this as often as a team emerging from essentially nowhere to go from worst to first to win the division. The team that loses the Super Bowl historically takes a major step back. And I think that's going to be the issue for Cincinnati this year. You put that together with Baltimore not having the same level of injuries as last year because statistically that would be virtually impossible. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens between Lamar and the Ravens on the contract front in the next 72 hours. More NFL coming up to kick off the final hour of the program. Who's going to have a more memorable year? And who seems more miserable right now? Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? That's on the way. I'm Brian Weber. Live. We're doing it live on this Labor Day. Great to have you with us. Much more to get to. Plenty of NFL on the docket on the Rich Eisen Show.